Welcome to Grace Extended, a podcast from Grace Church of Ridgewood, where we equip the church by discussing how what we believe affects how we live. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. Welcome back to the Grace Extended podcast. I'm Steve Polanin, a member at Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and joining me is senior pastor Aaron Syvertson. This week, we are continuing our podcast series on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, and we are talking about joy today. All right. Last week, we talked about love, and we had an awesome conversation about um, all the ways that we can love uh, individually, corporately, on social media, uh, how Jesus is the example of love, and how the Spirit works that through our lives. And so today, we're going to be talking about joy step two no that's not how it works right because they're all they're all one uh they all well how how'd you put it last week they all um work together i said it but yeah no no, no, it's okay no they they run together and and, you know it's not like yeah once you conquer love and you can move on to joy and you just like knock them down one by one that there i think is a general shift you know, in, in growth and all of them. And I think you did mention last week that this is, there's certain lists in the Bible that are just, I think, really helpful and edifying to memorize or be very familiar with. And often we do teach children and there's songs attached to it, but that that's not just for kids, that there's this sense of, you know, the Lord's prayer, uh, the greatest commandment, the fruit of the spirit that are just really edifying to know and really have on your mind often. And that because it's almost a, a pathway for us to pursue. Like when these things are on your mind, you tend to look for them more, strive for them, you know, ask for God to lead you. So that list, and I don't know if we listed it out last week, but, um, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law that just to encourage everybody listening to, to do the work of memorizing and, thinking through that. And it's, I think, because they do all run together of just having those things swirling in our mind. I think our church should be better off for it. I think our world would be better off for it. If more of us just are more in tune to, uh, to those specific words, because they are Holy spirit inspired words. Right. And, you know, like we said last week, it wasn't Paul just kind of randomly stroke of the pen, randomly listing different things, but that God was really leading him in this, in these specific nine things that is not an exhaustive list, but definitely a, a deliberate one, you know? Yeah. And, I think that, um, I was just thinking something. Yeah. So, cause I, I think one maybe uh drawback with joy is that we think that just because we're Christians, we're supposed to be happy all the time. Mm. So we have to make sure that we're always in a good mood and we're always, you know, you know, everything's just fine. Even if there's problems, you know, because yeah, we, have, cause, like, we have joy. And I think that that maybe is a little bit of an outworking of what you said, what is kind of the, the danger of knowing this list is that, okay, well I have to do all those things to be a Christian. Yeah. And so I think that um, it's good to have this conversation about joy. What does joy actually look like? Where should we expect to find joy? And um, I used, I used my little tool again to kind of look back and see where do we have, where do we see joy? Tell the people about it again. The blue letter Bible. Right, which I don't that work for. Our first sponsor, you know, we should reach yeah. out. To sponsor, but no, I have to send them listeners. Yeah. You know, we're getting free press right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, this is a sponsorships. I don't know if we're ready for that. We have to maybe some show some listenership. <laughs> Come on, guys, we need some sponsorship. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, 
No, I went back to see where, where does Jesus talk about joy? Where does he mention joy? And so the parts that I seem to find were, uh, well, not, one that the word joy, huge surprise, the word joy comes from the, or is, or is related to the word rejoice, mm. right? Like a sort yeah. of a, it's a, either a command or, a, so, um, or yeah, it is, it is a command. I was thinking it's a verb, rejoice. I guess rejoice is also a verb. Yeah, to do, you do it. Yeah. Re- they rejoiced. Yeah, 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 okay. It's all this word study. I forget what words are. Um, <laughs> so we got uh, the Sermon on, on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about um, rejoice when you are persecuted for his name. Okay, so that's one place where we're called to have joy. Uh, he tells the disciples not to rejoice that the, not just that the that they're casting out demons, but that, that their names are written in heaven. Mm. Um, to rejoice that oh, if they knew, it's almost like if they I can't remember the whole verse, but if they fully knew every, uh, what you know where, why he came, they would rejoice that he's going to the Father mm. when he when 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 oh, when he tells them he's going to the Father. Yeah, and that no one can take their joy away from them. Mm. Um, in John 16. So that was Sermon on the Mount was Matthew 5, and then names written in heaven was Luke 10. Uh, that he's rejoiced that he's going to, to the Father was John 14, and no one can take our joy away. That was John 16. So I, I kind of sum that up by thinking, okay, so joy comes when we suffer for Christ's sake, uh, when we believe in the gospel, and when we witness God's truth, like when we learn about God's truth. We, re- we remember it because we've memorized it or heard it before, or we're just reminded of it by somebody else. Like we can experience joy in at least some of those ways. And that uh, from Paul's writing in Philippians that we rejoice in the Lord, not necessarily in our circumstances. Hmm. Uh, even if, you know, we could have joyous circumstances, but that the, the joy is really centered in God things, spiritual world things, not worldly things. Yeah. Well, and, and we're done. It, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and I'll wrap it. Uh, no, that's great. And that's a great overview. And I think what you, what I heard when you were going through that is it's interesting how, how much joy and rejoicing is attached to even suffering. And that's as, yeah. I think that's a very biblical notion, but it's a very almost anti-Westernized culture one. And that's where the two clash. That joy is not contingent upon your, you know, things going well or being happy, but that ultimately it's rooted in the truth of what God says about you, the truth of the gospel, the truth of God saving, redeeming and restoring um, that enables us to suffer even in or to rejoice even in suffering. And it's amazing, even the Old Testament of how, how much suffering there is in the Bible for the people of God. Right. I mean, maybe the blue letter Bible can help us there, but uh, what, what, what percentage of the Bible describes God's people suffering? It's a significant amount. Mm. And even Jesus coming, living the perfect life, but being killed for it and really being under intense persecution. And then his followers all through the early church um, being persecuted. It was it was their reality. It wasn't occasional. It wasn't temporary. It was just life. Life was a life of suffering. And yet of joy in the midst of that suffering. And that's something that where there's, for most of us, there's a big gap between our reality and and the reality that a lot of those guys um, face in the Bible. And and that distorts, I think, our our version of joy because I think commonly joy and happiness are synonyms in our world. 
and they can be, they can, you know, things that make you happy can make you joyful. That's, there's no, you know, there's no guilt in that. And by God's grace, uh, there is a lot we can enjoy and be happy about, but the two don't run together the entire course that, uh, as morbid as it sounds that, you know, we're all one phone call away from our happiness being taken from us that we can't control. But what you said about John 16, 22, no one can take our joy away. That is the claim of the believer that nothing in this world can have our joy. And I think that's some of the most powerful emotive feelings in that a Christian can embody that in some ways you're more powerful witness to Christ when you're showing joy in suffering than when you're showing joy in prosperity. And, and that's, that's the dividing line for, for us as believers. So what does joy look like to you? in those, well, I guess in any situation, but especially in, in those situations of suffering, is it like, do you have to act like it's not going on? Uh, is it like, um, a positivity? Um, cause I know, you know, the world's it definitely is a good practice. You know, I think from our mental health, um, episode two, like remaining positive is definitely a good practice, but like, is that the same thing as joy? Mm. Because there's, even now I'm you know, walking around and seeing summer camps and stuff. I, in particular, I'm just thinking about some signs I saw outside of a uh, place running a summer camp, really awesome, positive messages. And it means a lot in this time. So I guess practically uh, might be a hard question, but like, what does joy look like for the believer? Um, and I guess also a good question on that to keep with our theme of knowing that this is from the spirit and not just like, how do we show joy as a Christian? Yeah. Um, what is it? What is it? What does joy look like? And how, you know, how are we to access that when we feel like, you know what? I don't really have any joy right now. You know? Yeah. I, I'd have to think this line through, but I'll just say it anyway. I think joy is emotional, but it's not tied to one emotion. Right. So mm-hmm. joy isn't supposed to make us just sterile where you just are unaffected by what's happening in the world around you but that even in the midst of those emotions that there's still this rugged joy that's rooted in Christ. So you can be, you can be joyful when you're happy, but you can be joyful when you're angry uh, at injustices you see in the world at um, sin in, in, in the brokenness and the fallenness of this creation that even in the midst of feeling those negative emotions, there could still be a joy that's underlying it all. And, and I, I think that the, Bible also ties joy to hope that what's it look like to have joy is to maintain your hope, even regardless of circumstance and that that hope is ultimately rooted in Christ. So if, if you are experiencing prosperity and God, and you're just by God's grace, then you can enjoy that prosperity, but understand that your hope is not in that prosperity, that your hope is still in Christ. And if you're in a time of suffering or just depression, or, you know, it, you might not even know what's, what's really attacking your joy, but you're just feeling it, you know, just wear on you that, that, you know, you, you can maintain your hope because that hope is rooted in Christ. And I think that's what Paul is getting at in Romans 15 when he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy spirit, you may abound in hope. That's one of those verses. I think you could write that on the paper and just spend an hour just writing your own notes, just trying to explore that, trying to really just dig into that single verse of God's word, that this connection of hope and joy 
the power of the Holy Spirit in there, obviously this being a fruit of the Spirit, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope because you're filled with joy in believing by faith, right? Like it's just, you, you right. can kind of take each word and just really break that down. And that, I think there's just a lot of depth in there. Um, so that I, I think joy looks hopeful. And that, that would be probably my short answer to your question. Joy looks hopeful and that can happen across the spectrum of emotions that ultimately your joy is, is, is where you are firmly rooted in and it's nothing in this world, good or bad. And it sounds like from what you're saying that, well, it is from what you're saying, very plainly stated that um, in order to have that joy, it really is that our joy is rooted in something that is untouchable. Right, so no one can take our joy from us because no one can change the work that Jesus has done. And no one can change that since we've believed, like that is done for us. Mm. And so I think, because I, I know for me personally, you know, I pro- I've heard like a thousand times that, like, well, the joy in the Christian life comes not from your circumstances, but from Christ's work. Mm. And I think if this is just one of those times where, what those when those when that truth as other truths when they start start to sound old and tough like to go back to like okay yeah i've heard that already but this is still hard my circumstances are still tough um it's just like we'll just dig dig deeper into it yeah because that's it you know that's the stake in the ground that is not moving in the hurricane yeah that you can hang on to that's great. And just that's, hang on harder. Yeah. <laughs> Keep um, hanging that, on. That's you know? a good word picture. And it's one of those things that I think when we find that when we're trying, when we feel like we can't hang on and we quote unquote, let go that we realize that God was the one hanging on to us the whole time, right? That we were bound to that stake by him, not by our own, you know, grip. And, and that's, you know, because we're, we're all going to have those times in our life where we feel like our feet are flailing a little bit and we're just slipping and we're kind of falling out of control. And, and, and those are the moments I think where we find at the end of the day that, God had a hold on us. And, and there's definitely just an attachment to joy and persevering and keeping your eyes on the prize. You know, again, that this is all kind of very Pauline language, but he kind of gives us these word pictures. I, I talked about Romans 15 before, and then, you know, think, think about these verses again, in light of spirits rolling it. Um, I, I, you know, this is, these are common verses I'm about to read, but I didn't until we, I was preparing just for joy as a fruit of the spirit that kind of saw the spirit's role when he says, not only that, but we rejoice, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given to us. And, and so you kind of see these words really kind of just get intertwined together that I'm, I'm even now, like as preparing, I was like, I just want to sit down and like sit with this for an hour and explore it more. Cause I think there's so much pastoral and just edifying encouragement in there of the joy and the hope and the spirit of how those three things are really just really um, intertwined. And, and we asked last time, what's the difference between love in a non-Christian and a Christian? I, I think that the difference in joy is a little more pronounced than it was in love, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if, if you don't believe in God, a God who saves you by his grace and not by works that is outside of circumstance, then how could you expect a non-believer to experience joy when the world's falling apart? 
right? Like back to your word picture, what is the stake that they have that's keeping them stable in the midst of chaos? I, I, you know, if this world's all there is, then it's all there is. So, you know, even suffering is, I don't know that a, I don't know that a non-Christian world has a great answer to suffering other mm. than just trying to do human empowerment, which, which never really delivers on its promise. What do you think about that? I, I was just thinking you have to have some kind of spirit. You have to acknowledge something, I think, spiritually to have joy mm. because, because I think if you, if you don't, uh, and not, not to equate all religions here, I'm just thinking, you know, like uh, whenever I've, probably heard an atheist or someone who's openly not religious talk about enduring suffering, they're clinging on to something that they have uh, put up as holy, basically something greater than the rest. Like, well, at least I have this to hang on to, or at least I have this. And if they really have nothing, then it's more like, I'm just thankful to be alive. Mm. Right. So now that, okay. So now life itself is something that now we're, we kind of like, we're kind of elevating as, what we cling to but then you know as we're a lot of people are well uh, well acquainted with life is super fragile mm. okay so then now what are you holding up and so yeah. usually in order to get joy or to get through suffering um something is lifted up as holy to cling to i don't think they use the term holy but something so, so, something spiritual gets opened up mm. which i think is just you know um emphasizes the truth that there is <laughs> there is a god there is a spiritual realm and there's revealed things about that in our bible so yeah. that we can really know and we can have something to cling to that will get us through those times yeah um and it's god it's jesus yeah and the holy spirit and, and i'd say from my experience of being and i think you could attest to this too where we are active in a church and what happens when you're part of a church and i think this is part of maybe the corporate element of where joy is seen um like we talked about how all these fruits has individual manifestation but a corporate one is is that i don't know if there's anything more encouraging for me to see somebody in the church suffer well like i don't think anything points me to christ stirs my heart for christ more than seeing a a joy in a person who is going through it and, and yet is just, and again, it's not, doesn't mean that they see, this is the problem. I think when we say, okay, describe a joyful person. The first person in your mind is somebody who's peppy all the time, always smiling. Oh, you know, and I'm not, that's a good personality, you know, trait to, to just be positive, but that's not joy. Like that's not, that's not necessarily the, the full encompassing of joy that, I have found, and I can just see people in my mind of at Grace who who have kind of said like I like this is terrible like I, whatever the circumstance they're in it's hurtful and I'm I'm really you know beaten down but I'm clinging to the Lord and and for me that does more to testify to the work of Christ in someone's life and the work of the Spirit being manifested in them than somebody who's being very joyful in prosperity. And we praise God for that. You know, when that happens in people's lives, we, you know, we rejoice with those who rejoice, but then even in mourning with those who mourn, um, I'll, I'll just share one story. It's a woman when I came on staff. Um, I was probably, you know, early on, I just kind of come on as an associate at Grace and her name was Teresa Go, and she had cancer and she had beaten cancer before 
really um and then it came back and then beat it and then it came back and i i almost can't describe her like she never was in denial she never um just wasn't absent-minded about it but she showed just such a resilience such a rugged joy such an interest in others even in the midst of her own dire circumstances right that, that i think that's an example of joy what's joy look like it's when i show interest in others even when my life is not going the way I thought it would go, uh, that their eyes are off themselves. Um, and, you know, when, when she ended up passing, that, that was the number one thing that people were saying at the open mic of her funeral was just um, she was the most joyful person, even in the midst of her sickness. And it was such a blessing for so many of us. And I'll never forget it. So um, I, I just I, I think there's a real power in seeing joy in a person, um, even when life's not going well. Definitely a mark. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. I appreciate it. So we're also talking about how the Holy Spirit works corporately with these fruits, how the fruit comes out through the church body and not just in our individual lives. Um, so it's pretty joyous in my house right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Hey, <laughs> it's I don't good. hear much of it, but I, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's unfiltered joy. Children, <laughs> that's know? right. Yeah. Your family's vacationing. So, um, so, uh, corporate joy. It seems like you shared that verse on, um, uh, the verse. I'll just read it sure. again since it was a little back now. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy spirit, you may abound in hope. And, um, you said that your, your note says that the, the you there is plural, like may the God of hope fill y'all. Yeah, it's where yeah. our southern brothers and sisters have an advantage of, of uh, know. you know, as opposed to us northerners. But do you know, yeah. I use y'all on purpose. It's so it's so helpful. I'm not from the south. I'm helpful. from well, south we of here. Our own version, though. Yeah, we need like a northern version of y'all. That's use not, guys. That's yeah. a, that's a use, New York version. Use, use use guys. I like y'all. It's just so helpful. Like it's more specific. Yeah. Anyway, so this this should be print. This this should be translated. Y'all is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the use in scripture are plural use, especially when it's in the New Testament talking to the church, that we, again, generally apply primarily individually. And it's not wrong to have individual application, but that most of the time he's talking to a group of Christians in the midst of one another. And we're definitely in a time of culture where people try and divorce their relationship with Christ with the church. I follow Jesus, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe on the margins of a church. I don't really feel a need to commit to one. And the reality is I don't think you can obey and walk in holiness by yourself uh, apart from a church. And I think you, you find yourself at odds with what a lot of the Bible teaches in that. But anyway, yeah, I, I think that I think you have in John 15 uh, where Jesus, again, is speaking to his disciples. This is the night before he's arrested. So he's kind of just given his final teachings, final words to them. And he says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And that is together, plural, yet your joy is full. And of that really just being the ultimate, that joy is first and foremost in Christ. Um, but that, that is, that that's where the fullness of joy comes. It comes only by the spirit. You know, that again, you can experience joy in this world for temporal things, but that's not wrong to enjoy those. But ultimately that your full joy will be found in um, loving and walking in the ways of Christ. This is great. 
I, I think, you know, I'm talking, we talked about feeling <laughs> in the first episode on the Holy spirit, like, you know, this, this emotion and it definitely in, in just, maybe this was like what you were talking about when you were reading it before too, like just witnessing the truth and just hearing that mm. and studying it all together. It's a little bit of joy there. Yeah. Say. And as we talked about last week, uh, if you, we didn't, didn't tune in last week. We're talking about social media and ways we can apply the Holy Spirit, uh, the fruits of the Spirit to how we act online in our digital world because uh, digital citizenship is such an important thing now. Uh, we see positive things online. We see negative things online. And so if we are talking about joy, I mean, do I have to post like cool images with like, Bible verses on them every day to show my joy online. With your coffee so cup and your morning devotional notes. Yeah. That's those, oh man. If only you stuff. saw the pictures of that. It would be, <laughs> if I could show the temperature of the coffee. Yeah. I think that would true. be like, this is my cold coffee. <laughs> and it's actually four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> um, so yeah. So how, I mean, yeah. Like how do we show joy online? Do we just have to be, we only post about positive things. What do we do? Um, yeah, I, I it, it, this is an, in some ways a more interesting question than the love one um, of how, you know, what, how do you apply joy of the spirit to your social media presence? Um, I, a couple of things I was thinking about of just if somebody were to just scroll through your page, would they get an idea for what you were most joyful about in your life? what would they say if somebody just kind of looked back on your last six months of social media activity? Uh, for some, that might be a few posts. For some, that might be hundreds. Uh, but would, would they get a picture of this is what really brings them joy? And it doesn't just need to be God and verses and you know uh, strictly quote-unquote Christian content because um, I know if you look at mine, you're going to see a lot of my family and you're going to see a lot of you know people at the church you know doing different things. Um, and it, it might not, you know, so it's not just going to be the Bible verse or anything like that, but that you at least, I, I think you're going to see hopefully in a joyful person's social media presence more what they're for than what they're against. Interesting. Right. Like, like what are things that they want to promote as opposed to attack? And maybe, you know, there is a, a time for needing to speak out and um, against something, but is, is that the majority of your presence is being known for what you're against and trying to correct, be corrective of people and, and being almost like a social media police that you have to kind of police everybody else. Or is it, more of just what you're for and want to put forward. Um, so that, that, that would be a couple things of just, you know, again, a six month snapshot of your presence. What, what would, what would somebody who doesn't know you walk away with thinking about what, what brings you joy in life? That's good. That's great. Well, we thank you so much, everybody for tuning into our episode on joy. You can look back in the podcast feed to see that we have an episode on love and an episode on the Holy Spirit and a bunch of episodes, actually about like 11 episodes that came before that. And so next week, well, actually we have some interviews coming up. So our next, whether it's next week or sometime next, our next fruit that we're gonna be talking about is peace. So tune into the podcast in our next few episodes to hear about peace. Hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you then. 
You've been listening to Grace Extended, a podcast of Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. You can send us an email at gracenjpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, and we look forward to seeing you then.